I put out the tweet that we need a new producer. Are you wearing a Smashing Pumpkin shirt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is send the tweet, Greg. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm pushing. I'm pushing the boundaries. Welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, today we have a very, very special guest. I'm so excited. Should we bring her in? Yeah, let's do it. I spent all weekend learning how to say Ochai Abaji. I know. I I was going to say that too when we came on. Like, I can actually say Ochayabaji and feel really, really confident that I know that I'm right now. <laughs> yeah, I saw the video online and I probably watched it a good dozen times before I got it, but Same. we're good. We're good now. A name that is much easier to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> My segues are getting better with day Let's by day. Go. Uh, Kelsey Russo, the Cavaliers beat reporter for The Athletic, uh, a good friend. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Of course. Thanks for having me, Sarah and Greg. This is this will be fun. I'm excited. Ooh, I love that she didn't say Matt's name. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Matt. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Matt doesn't exist. He wore a smashing pumpkin shirt, so he's not on the podcast anymore. You're wearing he's wearing a San Antonio Spurs hat. Oh, I did not even see that. That's very good stuff. Don't unmute yourself. Don't no. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. Um, Kelsey, how's your week been? You know, it's uh, been a little <laughs> exciting to say the least. <laughs> Had to do a little bit of work um, over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, you know, they kept me busy. Um, no, but it's been good. Um, just kind of feel like I've sort of got everything under under grasp now after after Thursday's um big news it sort of dropped a bomb <laughs> right obviously we have Kelsey here because of the Donovan Mitchell trade to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the picks that and the players that the Jazz got in return for that what kind of is like what was the general feeling I guess from the fan base like when the news went down when it was like we're getting Donovan Mitchell I think there was a lot of excitement from what I saw on um, Twitter, um, you know, because of uh, Mitchell's caliber as a three-time all-star on that end. And then at the same time, because they didn't have to give up Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. They kept their core guys in this trade and then added a three-time all-star to their roster. So I think there was a ton of excitement. I think people sort of like were really shocked by it of like, they were not expecting the Cavs to be in this um, saga, like this late in the, you know, in the summer. And so everyone was kind of like, hold on, what just happened? And then um, also kind of looking at what they gave up, obviously, you know, like it's, it's a big, it was a big haul from, for Donovan. But I think, you know, when you kind of look at the, um, how everything fits together, they kind of realize like, okay, this is actually going to really make us better. And now there's a lot of excitement about like where they can go next year, especially like building off the leap that they took last year. I think people have like really high hopes and expectations about where Cleveland could be um, 
next season. Cleveland's so deep. I'm just, I'm like, I'm going yeah. through just kind of like the wheels turning. Like not only do they have like a, a super intriguing starting lineup with two all-stars, three all-stars now with mm -hmm. Garland, Allen and, and Donovan Mitchell, but like you've got Kevin Love, you've got Karis Levert, you've got Ricky Rubio coming off the bench. Like that's a, that's a stacked team. Well, yeah. and like a, a guy who's like, probably already guaranteed to make multiple all-star appearances in Evan Mobley. Like, He's so good. Yeah. I, I, I legit, I legitimately cannot say enough good things about Evan Mobley. He's one of my favorite guys, like gives me young Kevin Garnett vibes. Mm. And like, mm. the, I don't mean that hyperbolically. I mean that genuinely, like he's that kind of like versatile kind of player on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I guess to that point, Kelsey, when with Donovan Mitchell, I think one of the things that a lot of people are wondering is, and it was one of the concerns that came up a lot when we were talking about him potentially going to the Knicks was the a small backcourt of Donovan and Jalen Brunson. And then this court, you've got Donovan and Darius Garland. And while I think Darius Garland is a different kind of guard than we see with Eiler Jalen or like Mike Conley for formerly playing with Donovan Mitchell. How do you see like the lineup kind of shaking out? Is it a situation where like Donovan and Darius are going to start next to each other, but those minutes are going to be staggered? Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely think they'll start next to one another. I think some of that will probably have to be like kind of figured out at through training camp to see like what they do really look like next to one another. But I honestly think the fit is really good. Um, because the Cavs really needed a score, and that's who Donovan is. That's what he Donovan is Mitchell like, is. Exactly. <laughs> and basically, like, and and um, and that's what Colin Sexton was too here, but there was just a lot of other concerns there. But I think, like, and a lot of the concerns I had been seeing, and, and even when I was kind of, you know, going through my own analysis and everything, the defensive concerns, because both Darius and Donovan are 6-1, so you have a really small backcourt. But when you have kind of like we talked about with Jarrett and Evan in your front court, they can sort of mitigate those like those concerns a little bit because they are so dominant at like in rim protecting and paint protecting. They, they just are really, really good at those two things and can sort of, like I said, mitigate that. But I think there is like a lot of potential for Darius and um, Donovan to like kind of really work well together um, because the leap that Darius took at point guard last season of how he learned, you know, the game within the game, how he facilitates, how he finds guys for um, like to pass the ball and everything. And, and I think uh, Mitchell can kind of be that, that scoring, you know, two guard and kind of really live there um, and have that sort of balance. I think, you know, like I said, I think, you know, not in a bad way at all, just, but, you know, going to a new team, you kind of have to figure out sort of the nuances of how you play and work well with one another. So I think, you know, training camp and even like preseason will be really good for that. Yeah. I, I have to imagine that Bickerstaff is, uh, has watched a lot of like Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley sets and seeing yeah. how that can work. Cause offensively it worked really, really well, but I think he is going to a team with, with, much more defensive versatility. I know you you mentioned Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, but I think we should also probably give Isaac Okoro his flowers. Like yes. he's a very good wing defender and better than anybody the Jazz had last season on their roster as far as uh, a starter level wing defender. I have I have one question though, kind of snowballing off of this, and you know the the old adage is there's only one ball, 
right? And with someone like Garland and Donovan Mitchell, you're talking about two players with really high usage rates who are best with the ball in their hands. And I know you talked about, you know, staggering minutes, um, but how do you how do you see that on court dynamic when they're both when they're both playing? Uh, like, is, is Garland going to be able to play off ball? We know that Donovan Mitchell can. He's played shooting guard his entire his entire career. But how do, how do you see that dynamic working? I honestly think it works. I think it can work really well because I think Darius took a, a leap there last year. He's like so when, good. Yeah, oh he my is. gosh, he's yeah, so t- and Love like last Darius year, Garland. yeah, last year's leap really showed a ton. Like obviously, you know, when he got into the league coming off of that that knee injury right at like in college he only played five games so that first year was really tough regardless you know of all the things that were going on with Cleveland so like he's had kind of a a crazy start to the league himself um or in the league himself but I think last year what what really showed me is when he and Ricky Rubio played next to one another right and that dynamic worked really really well because Ricky could facilitate get Darius the ball and he could get his shots up and the, just the flow was really interesting and it worked really well. And I think that showed that Darius can play off the ball. Um, and I just think there is a lot of potential there um, to kind of grow on that. You know, obviously after Ricky's injury, you know, Darius had to take over, you know, point guard and, and basically like, and, you know, he had tons of minutes at that spot and was dealing with all types of things. But um, I think now like there is that potential to sort of, you can he they either can play off the ball um and sort of and work off of one another so i'm curious to see how it works but i think there is a lot of potential there because like i said they did it with um him and ricky last year i i do think there's something too just like if good players figure it out they're good enough to be able to adapt and i think that that garland and and donovan are, are that caliber of player and will be able to adapt yeah i think that i'm getting closer these days to to just uh, like drifting away from that thought of, you know, there's only one ball. Cause I think that I used to think about that a lot more. And then it was like, well, when you put like Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant on the same team and there seems to be enough points to go around, like yeah. eventually it works out. Right? right. And I think, I think that, I mean, honestly, it's like Donovan was kind of training for a moment like this because like, like you said, Greg, his time playing next to Mike Conley is about to come become so valuable. Yeah. Because think, like, and I think like the Ricky Rubio thing too, like Ricky has so much experience playing with Donovan. And I feel like exactly. that he can be such an asset to the Cavaliers, especially the coaching staff and big and bicker staff to like, you know, talk about how Donovan can, can fit in. And, you know, he's got, such a wealth of knowledge and he's such a smart player to begin with that I think that's that could be like a really nice you know ace up the up the sleeve I feel like I mean honestly a lot of this trade like clearly the huge parts were what part was Donovan Mitchell right like that's not a secret to anyone but that feels like it's kind of the easiest part to figure out almost because it's like Donovan's gonna slide in and like he's going to like lift the level of a team especially like some like a team like the Cavaliers like adding another all-star someone that can easily score like 20 30 40 a night even like that's that's a boon you know but the pieces that I mean I think that are more interesting are like Colin Sexton Laurie Markman like Otay Vodge like those are really interesting and like I, are, I'll be yeah, the f- are these guys that actually stick around in Utah like right there's, and- there's so many moving parts right now it's it's fascinating and I like admittedly did not 
prepare for the draft like I have in past years because usually like I'll get so deep into it I spend months like watching film on guys and this year I was like well the Jazz don't have a pick so I don't really care and really shirked my duties (laughs) yeah I did um and now they've got you know a lottery pick and the number 22 pick they caught in Walker Kessler and so Kelsey what do you know about Ochai Abaji that you could tell jazz fans yeah well so i did this this has been my life for the past three years (laughs) so (laughs) i'm pretty good at it (laughs) Um, (laughs) no but um i really i really like ochai's game like seriously like i when when we when i first started this like after they lost the plan i was like all right well draft here we go and i jumped full in um I was like when we when we did our first like uh, mock draft uh, with the athletic, I chose Ochai for Cleveland because I think he addressed a need that they had. They needed shooting, and he's a really really solid shooter. Um, he has yes, he's a little bit older. He's twenty two, so he but he has experience in this championship atmosphere with Kansas, and I thought that was going to be super beneficial to where the Cavs were at the time, um, just kind of coming into a team, but. At summer league, I really noticed um, not only his shooting; like he he was he had some ups and downs, but he also worked through his perimeter shooting when it was struggling. He was still taking those shots. The confidence didn't waver, um, and then they started to fall again, and, and it was really successful for um, the Cavs summer league team. But he's really sneaky defensively, and I didn't notice that as much um, like early on. But I saw it in summer league of just a scrappiness to his game, a willingness to go defend. Um, and I think that can be really helpful. Um, obviously, like on that, you know, he can play that two or the three. So you could sort of wherever he fits in, um, being able to defend there is really important. And so I think he can bring a lot, especially I feel like if, you know, the Jazz rebuilding, whatever, he can fit into that, be a young piece. But he kind of has these um, this championship experience um, with Kansas and this ability to be a really solid um, perimeter shooter so um, I like his game a lot I'm fully against the idea that like 22 year olds are considered like old, uh, old when they come into the draft it is it annoys me so much because like up until draft day you'll hear it over and over again like oh you know a little bit older they did spend four years in college but then like when you get these guys that are like 18 19 20 that come into the league basically the day after the draft the first thing that you hear is like well it's going to take a couple of years for them to develop it's like okay well which one do you guys want 100 <laughs> uh, that's, that's a really good argument i would prefer yes. ritual sacrifice to have the like the a 22 year old body again right yeah. exactly that too i know <laughs> and like and we always also talk about i mean even donovan mitchell he's 25 turning 26 i think tomorrow He's a think, September yes, boy. Yeah. yeah. yeah a, mm-hmm. And so like, even then, like we're constantly talking about guys around that age where it's like, they haven't even hit their prime. Like they still have potential that's untapped. And so like, I completely reject the idea that a 22 year old is what they are. Like, I mean, like, those- we treat basketball players like they're gymnasts. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, they're 16. Gotta go. Well, and like, uh, really getting up there. Which Lopez brother, I constantly am getting them. I think it's Brooke. Doesn't matter. Started shooting threes when he was like 29. And like now that's a legit part of his game and like helped the like Bucks win a championship. Like I'm 
I completely reject the idea that basketball players can't change past 22. So, and one of the things that I know because I've like, I mean, read Kelsey's stuff and at, at summer league, like, uh, Abaji's defense is something that incredibly intrigues me, especially if I was a jazz fan, like, the idea that there's a wing defender that can just develop internally now and still like, cause that is, I mean, wait, can you say that again? Yeah. A little slower. <laughs> the jazz will have a wing defender. <laughs> yeah. That was a sweet feeling, right? Greg? <laughs> oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling real good right now. It's, I mean, it's where they were lacking the absolute most. And so, uh, that has to be exciting, especially a guy that was so good. And like you said, his experience at Kansas and um, like he's he's he might be the most decorated University of Kansas player mm-hmm. of all time and go down the roster of like the people who have played at the University of Kansas. Right. That ha- that alone has to be intriguing, at least. We, we apologize to Adoka as a <laughs> <laughs> Um, we love our, we love our big boy. Love our big boy. I wonder if Doak uh, and Ochai know each other, like because I know all these like college guys are constantly close well, to they may, their alma mater. They play together, right? But I, I just like wonder if that's close. I wonder if the news then, like Doak, God, he's got the biggest happiest smile of anyone I've ever seen. So I just imagine how happy he was when he heard that news. Neither here nor there. Um, I think one of the things that is also most interesting and to me as far as players go in this is uh the Cavs losing a little bit in the way of Lori Markinen um and how that's going to change things I think defensively is kind of where it does touch on things a little bit more and I mean Lori provides some a completely different game than Donovan Mitchell and so I've probably more than any other team that Donovan could have joined like Training camp and the first two months of the season are probably going to be so interesting for the Cavs to figure out what that looks like. And then, you know, conversely, what are the Jazz going to do with Lori? Yeah. Actually, it was this kind of funny. I was, I've been writing on it for this week of like, you know, because the Cavs last year moved Lowry to the three, which is like, so he was playing out of position. Um, I love they, that lineup, the, the yeah, three seven it. footer lineup. It worked. Seriously, it, it was one of their most successful lives. I don't have the stats in front of me, but yeah. like when those three were out on the floor, their defensive rating was, I think, one of either the best or one of their best like on the, like on the whole team. So like it worked so well. Unf- like unfortunately, because of like the injuries last year and then like the health and safety programs between the three of them, it wasn't a huge um, like. Uh, I, I think it was like 30 games or something. You know, it wasn't like this like massive um, data base they sample had size. of it. Yeah, sample size. Um, and like, so I think it's interesting of like, it, this move really does change what the Cavs will look like and what that looks like. I don't necessarily know. I don't think it means that they have to give up their defensive identity completely because they that's what they built themselves on last year. But that three big lineup was a really big aspect of it. But I think there's still a way that because of the guys that they have, kind of like you mentioned, Greg, like Isaac's defense, Evan, Jarrett, like you still have guys that are really strong defensively that they can keep that identity. Um, it's just obviously going to shift a little bit. But for for you guys, I think it'll be really interesting to see how Lowry fits into this because I think last year, you know, he showed that like when he was playing at the three, like he knew how to – he figured out how to use his size and his length to guard smaller guys and did a really 
decent job guarding on the perimeter. And I thought like that worked really well. And then when guys did get past him, then you had two more seven footers in the paint. So it like, it helped, but, um, and you know, and, and then, and Lowry's perimeter shooting, um, ebbed and flowed throughout the season, but he still showed that it was like, it's a part of his game. And I think, I think last year was the lowest, um, in the past couple of seasons I think he had 35 point, I think it was 35.8% from the perimeter, but like, you know, he shows that he's, he can still be that perimeter guy and can knock those threes down, um, which I think is obviously going to be really helpful um, for the jazz just to have another shooter out there. I mean, Um, 34 is league average, so that's fine. Right. So you're above average. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I wonder, I mean, I, I guess that if I'm, if I'm looking at the jazz, obviously like everyone is, well, not everyone. There's still a section of the fan base that like thinks that this team could be good. And like, I'm just sorry, you guys, it's not going to happen. They're not going to be a good team. It's the jazz don't (laughs) want to be a good team. Like the, the race to Victor Wembanyama is on. Okay. Bricks (laughs) for Vic. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and Lowry is one of the players where I'm like, they might need to just sit him out a few games. Like he's a good player. Mm -hmm. And so he's one of the players that I think is one of the best, like three point shooting seven footers in the history of the league. Yeah. Like like it's, it's his, his shooting stats are crazy, crazy good. Yeah. They, they are going to need him to really just barely hit that league average. (laughs) um and he, wait and he can't be moved until the what is it the trade deadline or whatever now is that right yeah uh so he's yeah. gonna be on the roster for at least a minute yeah and so you know maybe if there are a few injury concerns here and there like maybe the jazz aren't upset about that right away <laughs> um so now moving on to colin sexton i guess the jet i mean this is the big piece that the jazz are getting back and again like a concern when it comes to like losing games but i think that the jazz i mean okc found a way to lose with shea gilgis alexander and that's kind of how i view this a little bit but what and are is colin as good as, as shea i mean i know he can get buckets i know he's a bucket yeah. getter i mean okay but I'm so like, I... I'm, sh- I'm 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 shea hive i love that kid I love shade too. I keep going back. Like the two things that like I, that stick out in my mind the most is like when, when Colin came on the scene, it was that game in Alabama that everyone thinks. Oh yeah. The the four on five game. Yeah. The three on five game. Oh, the three on five game. Yeah. 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 yeah, You're right. Like that is one of the most incredible things that I've ever seen. And then I, I feel like the next time that I really was like, Oh, Colin Sexton was that Brooklyn team came together and everyone and it was like it was right at the moment where everyone started to really feel some vitriol against that Brooklyn team where it's like they had Harden they had Irving they had uh Kevin Durant they were all healthy they were all gonna be playing and it was like someone beat them right like someone just go in and like slap them around a little bit because everyone hated them at that moment and it came down to Colin Sexton like he was the one that went in and slapped him around he literally not literally by himself <laughs> basically beat the Brooklyn Nets the healthy literally Brooklyn Nets in a roundabout beat. way yeah it, in double overtime he dropped 43 points it was so, that's one of my favorite games from that season it was so good and so I'm very high on Colin Sexton and have been since that Brooklyn game um 
but it's also just like I'm going back and kind of racking my brain, and it's been a long time since the Jazz had like a real chaotic energy guy. Oh, I love like, some Colin chaos. Sexton reminds me of somebody who chews his toenails. Yes, <laughs> like, get in guy, there. That guy's a freak. He's a <laughs> lunatic, and like the Jazz traded Patrick Beverly. So they yeah. needed they needed someone like that. Like yeah. that's a guy who just like he seems like the type of guy at the gym who's running on like enough pre-workout to like kill an infant. Yeah. Yeah. At all he- times. Like he's got those like he's got the big <laughs> like bug crazy eyes. I, I yeah. just he has yet to play a game in in a jazz uniform, and I can already tell he's going to be my favorite player on this team. Yeah, at a college party, he definitely is smashing beer cans in his face. Oh like- yeah, absolutely. That no, that guy's got a like a head full of of, yeah. of forehead scars from <laughs> yeah. Natty Lights. He went to Alabama, so like hundred percent, definitely Natty Lights. I spent enough time in Tuscaloosa to know that. Same, me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, so Kelsey, like, I mean. W- what a lot of people are going to know and remember like are those big highlights, right? Like they're going to remember that Alabama game. They're going to remember when he beat the Nets by himself. What are, what are the drawbacks? Like what are the concerns? What are the things like on a daily basis? We're going to be like, Oh, there's that Colin Sexton thing again. Yeah. I think, um, I think the thing that I, I still been trying to figure out with is the, is his defense. I mean, it's kind of honestly similar to Donovan in the sense of great. um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, and and I don't think it's because there's like a like an ill will or anything. It's not that. It's just like he is so focused on be going to get a bucket, and like that is that is your guy to go do that. Like he can drop, can literally roll out of bed, go score twenty a night at least, and like and and be that score. But I don't think like and that yeah, like I said, I thought that was a focus on the defensive end, but it's just not as strong. Um, so I think that's going to be a factor for sure um of like how that just kind of meshes together how they sort of cover that up um because same thing I think he's also 6'1 so smaller smaller guard um who doesn't who like isn't as strong defensively so that's that's the big thing for him but I think the thing that you know he has been such a polarizing player in Cleveland because he was the you know after they traded Kyrie he was the pick like at, at number eight um, that season after in 2018 and then you know he came in and the Cavs kind of went all in on him and but the kid changed positions you know we went from point guard to shooting guard he went through four head coaches in two seasons Ugh. COVID now the meniscus injury like the kid has been through a ton and I think the thing that was like he's never like expressed any like ill will to like in any capacity, you know, he's never had a like lashed out or anything like that kid just works so hard. Um, he like you, the jazz are going to literally have to pull him out of the gym. The, the Cavs used to have to like, literally be like, come go home. Like, like they literally would kick him out of the gym. Like he would just, he is always in the gym working. He just wants to be the best that he can. So I think like he has like an undeniable work ethic that I think is really going to prove him like prove beneficial i think he's got that dog in him exactly especially coming off of the (laughs) but like especially coming off this this meniscus injury like he has a lot to prove like he didn't get the contract in cleveland so now he but he got the contract with the jazz and so there's a lot to prove there for him of like do you think there's any complacency there though now that he's gotten paid i don't think so just like knowing his mentality and his personality he's like always out to like prove 
himself and like just like work. So I I wouldn't expect that to be the case. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'd be I'd be very surprised if it, if it happened. I guess I'd say a couple things <clears throat> going in his favor are that you know new coach Will Hardy. And the Jazz, like, going through a re- rebuilding process, like, he's really going to have an opportunity now for the next couple of years to grow his defensive game. And so I think that's really good for a, a young player like that to be able to kind of have that room to, like, figure out new angles and, you know, work with the, the development staff and, you know, be able to focus in. Because he seems like the kind of guy, it's like you give him a task and he's going to do it. And so, like, if the task is, like, we're spending this time to improve here, I think that, you know, that works in his favor. And then also, I think there there's a, there's a little bit of a feeling that I have with him that as far as like the injury goes, because a lot of people don't know this because they just haven't been paying attention to the Cavs. But um, for those that don't, he had surgery. Was it in November, Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah. It was like end of November. Yeah. He had surgery on his left knee to repair a torn meniscus. Uh, he was cleared for basketball activities back in June. And then he played in the Miami pro league and just like went absolutely nuts. And so that it, it, like, it looked like he'd been like training and training and training, trying to get back. And like, finally, when someone opened a gym for him to play like actual five on five run, he was just like, okay, I'm, I'm in a hundred percent. So there's not like anything that's going to hold him back. And he looks like he's good to go. And so I think that in his favor also is that like coming back from an injury where he wasn't on the court a lot, those expectations that were previously placed on him to kind of like get up to speed and like the Cavs were making this leap and like the Cavs trajectory was like going a little bit faster than I people expected. And now he gets like take all the time that he needs to actually get back into like the form that he was before. And so I think both of those things kind of work in favor to see like what he can actually become. Greg? It's exciting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else to say other than just like reiterating what you said. I think that there's like, uh, I, I think, you know, we talked about it on the reaction pod. I think the Jazz are going to be actively bad next year. Right. Um, and I think they're going to lose a bunch of games. But there's a silver lining there in there's there's so much room for opportunity for who who emerges out of this young group. Like, first of all, who becomes the young core? Right. Who are, the, who are the guys who step up and, like, are seen as intriguing pieces for the future? And then on top of that, who who becomes the leader? Like, every team kind of needs that alpha dog. Like, is that Colin Sexton? Is it Laurie Markinen? Is it is it uh, Simone Fontecchio? Like, it's just – it's really uh, – it's really intriguing to me to see – where the jazz are a year from now. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey quickly, before we let you go, one of the things that I did want to touch on a little bit is Donovan's contract. And so, you know, he's got that player option that is uh, for the 25, 26 season. And so like there, there's a chance that like Cleveland's time with Donovan could end in 25. And I think that's exactly what, the jazz are hoping for with the picks that they got those two um, projected the 27 and 27 29. and 29 right and then the pick swaps for 26 and 28 like clearly that's that's the gamble here from like both sides like cleveland thinks that they're going to be good and so the picks won't be like too valuable jazz are hoping that it's very good and that they are more valuable 
And so I guess it from the perspective of the Cavaliers, like, is this sort of terrifying that they have given up, you know, so many future assets for a guy that legitimately could leave after the 25 season? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a, it's a calculated risk, you know, and I think that kind of really goes into this of you're taking a risk on a guy right now to take the, the Cavs in these next three years because you don't know what has, what's going to happen that fourth year. He could run um, to where they want to go. And I think that's the mindset and the hope is like that's where the, this is going to go that quickly. Um, and then hopefully there's enough like, you know, interest in, and they've gotten, you know, they, they've, they've, they've made the, the jump in the playoffs to the different, maybe, you know, maybe Eastern Conference finals, et cetera, like over the next few years. Um, Daddy sticks around. And right. I think, but I think in this as- aspect of like, they made a move that was win now that like, not that the picks don't mean anything because that's not true, but like, but they're okay with that risk because they, they wanted to make this move. Now they took the, they took the risk right now. And then that's, that's far down enough down the line that they'll figure it out, I guess, if that sort of makes sense. Yeah. And there's, I mean, like there's no one that's a, like core piece on that team that is going to age out during that time. And so it feels like if Donovan were to leave, like they would still be good. Right. That like, that's the hope is that they've got enough young guys that they're still going to be good. Even if Donovan leaves. Um, And of course, like there's a lot that could happen. Like Evan Mobley could choose to leave. Like Donovan could choose to leave. Like there's a lot that could happen between now and then. Like the NBA changes so incredibly in a span of three years that like none of us know what's going to happen. But I mean, I think that you're right. I think that Donovan's the kind of person that like if the Cavs were able to take him like to the Eastern Conference finals or I mean, and especially to the finals, like I... I think that there's a chance that Donovan would resign somewhere. Like if he was put in a winning position like that. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, that's kind of the, the, the hope is that yeah. this, this takes that leap and, and he'll stick, but, but right. Like kind of like you said, like, I think like Darius, Evan and Jarrett, like everyone's under contract and like through Donovan's time. Right. So like, none of them are leaving, you know, no one's going anywhere. Like you right. said, and like, and so I think, um, that also plays a factor of it's not like this this team's going to change in that aspect that much where you're losing those core pieces you're losing those other all stars um, that it's, that's going to play a really big factor in this um, like their trajectory going forward so I think that's kind of also part of the calculated risk of we have these guys everyone's 22 23 20 jared's 24 like everyone's they're right just children babies. they're so young like tiny little like, babies it yeah. also seems like you got to strike while the iron's hot too because you've got yeah. you've got three all-stars a budding fourth all-star in evan mobley um who's on his rookie contract like with the salary cap the way it is like you're not going to be able to like to pay all these guys so you got to build around evan mobley while he's on a rookie deal. So I think it makes total sense. And like, sure, you may only have a few years of a window to win a title. Most teams can't even say that. Yeah. That's how this goes. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. you have a limited, like the jazz just did the same thing and yep. it didn't work out. They went all in and they got really close, but it didn't work out. And that's, that's just, you roll the dice with that. I mean, that yeah. was the whole reason they went up out and got Mike Conley and, and, 
signed Boyan Bogdanovich. They were going all in and, you know, that time has passed, but you only get such a finite amount of time for to be in contention. So and like, especially for these small market teams, I mean, it's, it's why yeah. Minnesota's going all in. Like they have to before have Anthony to. Edwards next deal. That's why the Cavs are going all in because like, you can't just bank on the fact that like, Oh, people are going to come here no matter what. It's like, no, you got to get them while you have the window. Yeah. Like right. what is it? The, 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 the wolves have guaranteed almost what, like $400,000 or $400 million. Yeah. To cat and go bear over the next x number of years like yeah. but they've only they've only got two to make yes. it work with anthony edwards right? yeah like but again like you have that opportunity now you have to go all in yeah kelsey thank you so so much for doing this we really really appreciate it i know that you have a meeting so we are going to put a bow on this um uh tell everyone where they can find you follow you read your work Yes, uh, my Twitter is at Kelsey with two Y's Russo. Um, and then everything is at The Athletic, um, which my the link is in my bio on my Twitter page. Um, and yeah, everything about the, about the trade and, and everything is hosted there. But yes, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, yeah. Was great. Thank really you for appreciated it. Yeah, it's very us. good to see you. Um, yeah. And everyone, if you're, you know, if you guys are looking to follow like what Donovan's doing and I mean, it's probably going to be more exciting than what the jazz are going to be doing. So absolutely give Kelsey a follow, go read her stuff. She's really great. Greg, what's wrong? (laughs) I'm just, I'm just thinking like, no, I cannot reiterate, like iterate enough. Like, how fun the Cavaliers are going to be next They're going to be year. so fun. We've so talked fun. about it so many times on this podcast. So much ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really are. Be, like, and I just, I'm so excited to see the Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley pairing. I think like the Cavs aren't he's even gonna a make league him, pass he's, team. He's going to make the, he's going to make <laughs> Evan Mobley so good. I'm just like, I'm over the moon excited for this team. Yeah. yeah, they're they're not yeah. even like a team. Like we've talked, we talked about it last season, like that they, they were had one the of our best league pass vibes teams. in the NBA last year, and yeah. they missed like, the playoffs. It's yeah, it's past league pass vibes. Like this is a team to watch all season. They're going to be so much fun. I can um, stare at Ricky Rubio's eyes again. <laughs> a beautiful baby yeah. boy. He's so they're handsome. so beautiful. You guys got Raul Neto too. Uh, yeah, I that's know. true. That's the whole squad. <laughs> like it's just it's so there's so much handsome there. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. You guys know what to do. Do all of the things. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, download. You can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. Please don't follow Matt. Um, <laughs> and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Goodbye. I didn't have anything witty to say. Good. No. I'm so hungry and I have to pee so bad. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>